Welcome to Fintech Insider Interviews, coming to you from Fintech Connect 2019 in London. I'm Sarah Kachansky, and it's my pleasure to be joined by Des McDade, MD at Goldman Sachs, to talk about all things Marcus. So, hi Des, thank hi, you so Sarah. much for coming to speak to us today. You're very How welcome. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. And what do you think of the conference so far? So, I've only been here 10 minutes, literally, <laughs> so, uh, but it looks great. I mean, walking around, so I had a very quick look around at some of the um, sessions. I'm hoping to grab a, um, a few of the customer centricity um, speaks and also the personalization ones later on. Brilliant. I love that about conferences when you actually get a chance to see something. Yes. <laughs> but it is not, it's normally quite difficult because you meet so many people as you go around. Yes. And you get so many LinkedIn invites that actually say, you know, can we catch up for five minutes, ten minutes? And you think, I didn't actually see anything. I just, I just, I just saw other people. <laughs> I just sat in the speaker's lounge and talked to lots of people. Like, you know. um, well, I hope you managed to get yeah. out there. Um, so let's talk about Marcus. So Marcus has just turned three years old. Um, but it's actually just over one year old just here in the year, UK. 14 months for us. Yeah. Um, how's it been received in the UK? So I think we surpassed every expectation we had when we came into the UK. Um, you know, if I go back to the original journey we started on, you know, we came into Launch a Savings Product, we talked to literally 4,000 customers first. Um, and when we talked about savings, it was amazing how much people were animated about you know, what they were saving for, their goals, their life, you know, their dreams in terms of it. And, and actually the comfort that actually having savings gave them in terms of financial well-being. But then when you talked about savings accounts, just the light went out of their eyes. It was just like, oh, I don't want to talk about savings, like this is boring. And we were going, well, you know, why is this? Why is it? And, and it was really that they felt like banks had lost interest in savings. They didn't advertise savings anymore. They didn't really talk about savings. Their products were really complex and there was, the interest rates were so low, there was just no point switching. So they'd really lost interest in savings themselves. They weren't really interested in the art of savings or getting the best for their money, but they really saw the value of savings. So I think we were surprised then when we launched that we, we created so much noise in the market and we had so much media attention just about what we were doing. And some of that is about being Goldman Sachs and I think you know, stuff that we do just generates mm -hmm. noise. But some of it I think we tapped into a real sort of um, just uh, something in the market that says there's a, a pent up need um, and it just flew. And you know, our first day, you know, well, our first hour we opened 2,000 accounts. Wow. Right? We were 13,000 accounts by the end of the first day, right? And you know, 20,000 accounts by the end of our second day, which was more than we thought we'd get in our first two months. So we were, <laughs> we were, we were a little bit shocked with the thing. And it went on and the numbers just kept adding up. We were 100,000 accounts literally at the end of the first month. And today we have something like 350,000 accounts, 12 billion pounds in savings. And that's just, I mean, it's a huge privilege for people, for us to sort of see so much money uh, being entrusted with us as a, as a bank. So it's fair to say the reception has been pretty it's good. It's pretty good, sorry. Yes, could have been the answer, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I love numbers and stats. So yeah. often people will say, oh, yeah, it was great. And I'm like, that doesn't, doesn't mean yeah. any much. But those are some, some great numbers. So 350,000 yeah. customers, 12 billion in deposits. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's fair to say also that the product was received very well in the States. Yeah. What, was, what did you have to do differently when you brought it to the UK? How, how, how does the, I know that you have a lending yeah. product in the US as well, but, but particularly the savings element. Yeah, if, if I think about the savings, in some ways the products are very, very similar. You know, they're, they're easy access savings. There are no catches, there are no restrictions. In the US, to start from a dollar. In the UK, you start from a pound. So things about accessibility and making it easy and simple were the same. We were lucky with the US because we had a template of a brand, we had a template of a, an online application and a journey that we could actually lift. Mm -hmm. We could adapt it for the US market. But the core difference is I think people save the same, you know, they save for things, they save for their well-being. 
that didn't change. What they didn't want was catches. Mm -hmm. They didn't want lots of restrictions. And I think the UK market was probably worse than the US market in that respect. Okay. There were so many accounts that were, you know, two withdrawals a year, one withdrawal, like one other withdrawal on the third day of a Wednesday. You know, yeah, only, just, only when the moon is rising. Yeah, it was just nonsense, <laughs> yeah. And there was so much more complexity in the market that I don't think are in the UK. The other thing is about concentration. So in the, in the UK, 70, 80% of all savings accounts are with six banks. In the US, it's about 40% are with their main banks. So there's much more regional mm -hmm. savings in the US. It makes it harder to actually break into that market in some ways because you've got a wider geography and, um, and sort of more banks to sort of compete against. Whereas the UK, I think you've got a, a focused group mm -hmm. of people um, where you can really talk to, but both are, I think, paying low rates in the main banks. The digital banks are paying good deals. And for us, having a strong brand you know, and a good proposition was just really worthwhile. Um, so that's you know where, where the savings proposition has got to, but yeah. it's also recently been announced that, that it's branching out. Marcus in the UK is going to be yeah. launching um, a stocks and shares ISA uh, alongside Nutmeg. Is that correct? So no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> so f first of all, I mean, we don't normally comment on what our sort of future plans are. The focus of the business now is savings. Okay. Right, and we will continue to offer savings for the next probably few months and into, into next year. That, that's our primary focus. Yeah. We do talk to different companies. We talk to um, lots of um, opportunities, whether we launch investments, whether we launch loans, whether we go into cards, whether we go into current yes. cards. That decision has not been made yet. But so, is there a stocks and shares ISA because that sits under so, savings? So I think that? the more likely product for us next will be a cash ISA. Okay. Oh, I see. Um, okay. Which is a savings product. Um, we will probably look to launch that sometime next year. Okay. Um, but our focus is very much savings first. Okay. I'll put that to yeah. one side. I'm Misinformation from the press, perhaps, yeah, on that. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what about um, your working with Saga? Is that something yes. you can comment on? Yeah, so yeah Sa okay, let's talk so, about that so one. So Saga, um, we launched a partnership with Saga to offer savings. Mm -hmm. um, it's a way for us to actually just widen our distribution. So we're still incredibly focused on growing our savings Yes, business. and it's still a savings product as well, isn't it? And it's still a savings product. And we offer an easy access account and a fixed term account with them, mm -hmm. them as well. Um, I think it's a really interesting partnership. They've got two and a half million over 50s existing customers, access to 11 million plus mm -hmm. over 50s in their sort of main database. And a really strong recognized brand in the over 50s sort of mm -hmm. set. And it's just another way of us actually accessing a wider distribution pool for ourselves um, and bringing savings to more people in the UK. Yeah, I always said if I was going to launch a FinTech proposition, it would be for that demographic because yeah. I firmly believe they're the ones who actually have the money. Well. <laughs> It's true in terms of the older you have, there's a natural thing that says you will, yes. you will accumulate yeah. more money. Um, but you also want to get young people saving as well. Of course, yeah. Uh, and smaller amounts. And, and that's where, for us, you know, it's quite pleasing. I mean, our average of our, our saving accounts are probably about 40, 45. Okay. Right, so we have quite a young spread of savers. We have quite a lot of older savers as well. Mm -hmm. But generally, it's great to see people starting early because you need to build up that nest egg. And you don't need to be saving a huge amount of money. It's about saving two or three months behind you, mm -hmm. having that purpose and thinking it's worthwhile. So I'm not going to wax lyrical about why you should save all day. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm fairly mean, I think passionate we're on board. about it. We're on board. But, um, but it's great. I think for us, you know, digital banks probably attract sort of younger to middle-aged. Yeah. Um, brands like Saga help us just widen that proposition. So sorry, what did you say your average age for your? About, well, it's about 45. Okay, so it's still, yeah. still older. Yeah, it's kind of in the mix. Yeah. 
Um, so how about, you know, when, you, when you're looking... For me, 45 is young, Sorry? by the way. <laughs> I was, what I had in my head was, you know, Monzo launching an account for 16-year-olds and yeah. thinking, well, if you go from there, it's, uh, yeah, no. it's uh, slightly yeah, older for, for the new propositions that have launched yeah. recently, perhaps. Um, so when you're, you know, sort of working with Saga, that was the reason for, for you choosing a brand. Yeah. Um, you know, what, how, do you, how do you decide on a partner? Does it have to be, is it, is it the brand? Is it the product you can offer? Or is it a holistic composition? I, th I, think, I think there's lots of reasons for the partner. So, you know, if, if you look at, you know, what does a partner bring to, bring to you? Well, hopefully, you know, what do we bring to a partner first, I suppose, is, is the other yes. side to that, which is, you know, we bring balance sheet, we bring capital, we bring regulatory, we're a bank. So we, <laughs> we provide the products and the infrastructure and the governance. What you want a partner to bring is actually essentially a customer base or a warm, loyal customer base that they can actually bring something more to you that you couldn't normally access. So if you look in the US, obviously we partner with Apple to launch the Apple Card. Yes. Um, you know, they have literally tens of millions of iPhone users there. Mm -hmm. um, that's a huge customer base that we couldn't normally access or easily access. Mm -hmm. uh, and in Saga, they have millions of over 50s that are warm, that travel with them, they go on holiday with them, they have insurance, they buy travel insurance. All of those types of existing relationships, that warmth and loyalty they already have, it's an opportunity for us to sort of work with a partner, give their customers something of value, mm -hmm. uh, but also um, access a group of people that we wouldn't normally be able to access or cheaply be able to access. And of course, if you do launch other products, then you, you kind of have a customer base there as well who yeah. might, as you say, already have that brand loyalty to you, yeah. be willing to take on another And product. you hope you can extend those partnerships over time with other types of products. But I think for us, there are, you know, we have two strategies. One which is, you know, what we do under the Marcus banner yes. and what products we launch as Marcus. Uh, but there will also be how we can access banking as a service mm -hmm. um, in with other partners and we look at both of those. And you mean just distributing your products to yeah. a third-party brand? Yeah. Um, so in terms of the, sort of the Marcus strategy here in the UK versus um, in the US, are, are, are they completely separate or is, it, uh, is there a, a one, driving, one driving message and you kind of go your own way I, to suit I think the market? There's, there's a core DNA which is shared between, mm -hmm. between the two. Um, there are differences in the market which we have to reflect in terms of, course, of where, yeah. where we would go. But at the same time, you know, the heart of the business is we've both been set up to help people manage their money better. We've both been set up to grow a retail business for, for, for Goldman Sachs. Um, we'll look at the opportunities in each market and start to build through. Um, you know, at the moment, we have the US is three years ahead of us, so they have a little bit of a head start. We're hoping we can catch them. <laughs> um, and from savings, we've done really well. Mm -hmm. um, our next products, we, we want to be successful in those too, but we're not in a rush either. And I think you know, one of the important things for us is that whatever we do, we want to do well. Mm -hmm. Um, so we'll take our time, you know, we'll get savings sort of established as a business. And it's scary because in some ways we are only just over a year old. Yes. You know? And, and on a, every question I get is, what are you doing next? And I'm thinking, I've just started the first <laughs> business. Um, so there was a little bit of, we have more to do. Mm -hmm. We want to get savings to a level which is sort of sustainable and all that. And, you know, we're a long way towards getting there. And, you know, we've done, had a great start. But I think, you know, We've barely dented the UK savings market. You know, it's a trillion pound market. We've got 12 billion at the moment. We've got a long way to go in that, in that space. What we do need to know though, is that after savings, we have other things that we want mm -hmm. to do. What we need to do is actually decide where can we add some sort of like benefit to consumers within that? What market is big enough for us to go into? And is mm -hmm. it worth a while? But what are we bringing to it? And I think that's the real question that we, we, we need to. I don't just want me two products. You don't want to just throw something out yeah. there just because everybody um, else has got one. Yeah, could it be very easy for us to launch 
similar products mm. and copycat products, but we want to do something which is actually, actually helps consumers, but actually will grow and will have some scale. Do you think that the, um, the, the, the pace at which some of those challenger brands we've mentioned, you know, Monzo, Starling, Revolut, et cetera, are moving, do you think that is, is, is somewhat driving those questions that are also aimed at you I as to so. what's coming next? But, but uh, I, I suppose for us, you know, we start from a different place. We're an established business. We're yeah. 150 years old as a bank. I think people um, forget that, by the way. Yeah. I think they see Mark as the digital brand yeah. and think you're, you know, brand shining. We're just and, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and we're almost, you know, we describe ourselves as the best of both worlds. You know, we have a bit of the shiny newness, but we also have all the st stability and governance mm -hmm. of an existing bank. So before we do anything, we're going to look at our reputation. We're going to be really, really careful. We know we're held to a very high standard as well. Uh, we hold ourselves to a high standard. So we don't want to do anything wrong, you know, mm -hmm. and we don't want it, we don't want things, things to sort of launch and not work. Mm -hmm. So we test and we think about it. We talk to customers. We'll do so much research before we actually yeah. make a move. And so before we do anything, we'll be sure. And in some ways, that's where you get lots of rumors in the market because yeah. we're asking lots of questions. We're talking to lots of people. People assume you're instantly going to do and, it and because you've Oh, you, you're doing this, like, yeah. you know. And, and I think that's just not the case. You know, we will be very judicious about our approach. Um, I think some of the smaller you know, newer banks will move faster. Mm -hmm. But our view is, you know, that we don't necessarily want to be the biggest or the fastest. We want to be the best, you know, and that does mean that we're not necessarily at that much of a pace. We'll go at the pace which is right for us. Yeah, and, and I, think, I think people misunderstand that sometimes. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with moving a bit more slowly if what you're doing is... Yeah, uh... and, and, and it's funny, isn't it? We are a year old. We've launched a business. We've grown 350,000 customers. We've just launched a partnership. Are we not going fast enough? <laughs> So, so at the risk at the risk of being one of those people who's like you're not going fast enough, um, do, do you, are there any plans to launch uh, the Marcus brand anywhere else in Europe? So, we've looked a few times, and I think there's, yeah. it's the same thing. There's been loads of speculation about we're definitely good Germany we're, we're because going to be Germany, <laughs> Germany's obviously the next product. Um, I think the answer is no okay. right now. Um, we're very focused on building out the US and the UK businesses. Mm -hmm. um, when the time is right, we'll look at the next, next market, so yes. when, when thing. but right now, I think we don't have a huge need to be doing that. We have enough to keep us going. And I think, you know, for us, the UK and the US are two big markets that we're in. Um, there's plenty of people there and plenty of savings. There's, there's, there's plenty to, to go at. after in, <laughs> yeah. in both those markets. Um, brilliant. Well, before yeah. we wrap up today, I'm going to ask you a few questions about yourself. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> this is the, the you know, yeah. the, the personal section of the interview. Um, so. What do you wish that you know today that you'd known five or ten years ago? What, have you, what is the key thing that you've learned over your career and you think, if I'd known that ten years ago, yeah. life would have been so much easier? Well, well, I always say if I knew what the interest rate environment would be ten years ago, <laughs> I'd have been very much better at savings than my investment That's the trusted. savings man saying, speaking, yes. Yeah. You know, because it's funny, every, every plan I've ever had has said, next year interest rates will go up for ten years, and sometimes you think, really, at what point will this stop? Um, I think... If I, if I sort of look back on um, what, what we've done, there's not much I would do differently. You know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to work for quite a few startup type organizations um, and businesses that have grown quickly. Mm -hmm. I think speed of growth is something you need to be very careful of mm -hmm. uh, and putting the right controls into a business. Um, and I think within the markets, we learn an awful lot around have making sure our systems were resilient, making sure our systems worked, mm -hmm. and actually making sure we listened to our customers, and putting and putting a lot of controls and um, just processes in to actually get customer feedback. 
it's probably been the best thing that we've done within Marcus. Um, and we are kind of obsessive in terms of, you know, one of my favorite things is I, I was in Milton Keynes yesterday, which is our second call center. And walking through that office, you just feel the buzz of the business. Right, yeah. And being close to the business is, is probably the best thing I've ever, ever learned. In fact, sitting in call centers, mm -hmm. sitting, hearing your customers, sort of listening to calls. Being on the ground or in the field or whatever metaphor you, you feel want to it. And, and I think where people forget is we talk about spreadsheets, we talk about numbers all the time, and that's it. But actually, we don't talk about people. And you know, you're not necessarily, it's not a thousand pounds of balances, it's a thousand pounds of someone's savings. And if and you that remember could be that, all they ever have. Yeah, but if you keep your feet on the ground, that's, that's that to me is the best thing to do. Okay, so my next question was going to be, you know, what's the best careers advice you've yeah. ever been given or would give? But it, it sounds like you yeah. just sort of touched on there, well, that there. That's one, but I think the best personal advice I ever got was when I was very young. Um, and I was actually told to be someone that people want to work with rather than they have to work with, mm. right? And it was all about, you know, when you go into a meeting, you know, you, people want you to be there, you're, you're invited to things rather than they have to invite you. And that's all about attitude, it's all about helping people, it's not about, um, you know, scoring points or winning, it's actually going in with an open mind, being helpful, being willing to help. And I got that when I was actually, um, I was moving into a head office role, it was like a junior assignment, and it was just go and do everything that people asked you, as open-minded as possible, um, and just be helpful. Yeah. And if you can do that, I think, it's, a, it's such a hugely powerful thing to do. And you will learn a lot as well. You will learn a lot. And people want you there. Yeah. I think if people want you there, it's great. And if people ask for you, that's it's always, always, nice. it's always reassuring. Yeah. It makes you feel like you're doing a good job. Yes. Um, okay, so and finally, what um, we've talked a little bit about perhaps Marcus's future plans, but what are you most excited about for the future with, with you know, the role you're in and the Marcus brand? What's I, the most exciting thing? I, I think there's, there's two bits. One, you know, I, I'm absolutely you know, chuffed. Every time I walk into the Goldman Sachs office and I sort of sit there and I look at the team, I think it's amazing. You know, we started with two people two and a half years ago. We're 200 plus people now. Yeah, we have these amazing offices. It's, um, you know, you just feel the buzz of the company. And it's just, it's just growing that and where we take that and having that blank sheet of paper that says, okay, what do we want to do next? How do we do it well? Um, and I think I just get a real kick out of that. I think this is the challenge is what I'm really, really enjoying at the moment. The challenge and the potential, I suppose. Potential is huge. I, I think, you know, the, the wherewithal of the company to make a difference is huge. Um, the appetite and the willingness and the ambition is great as well. Um, so we'll do, it, we'll do it well and we'll do it at our own pace. But I think, you know, we want to be, be the best. And I think that's, that's a great aspiration to me. Well, fantastic. I look forward yeah. to seeing what happens next. Thank you very much. Um, thank you so much for joining me today, Des. Um, where can people find out more about you or about Marcus? Uh, do you have a, a website or yeah, a Twitter so, handle? So marcus.co.uk and hashtag MarcusUK. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much. Um, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at Sarah Kachansky. Thank you for listening. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to our podcast, review us on iTunes. We do love reading those reviews. Pass the podcast along. And if you know someone who loves fintech and who isn't listening to Fintech Insider, do tell them about the show. If you have any suggestions or feedback, please reach out on Twitter or email podcasts at 11fs.com. Thank you very much. Goodbye.